0: Tuesday, May 10th, Andy, Mike, and Jason, the fantasy footballers, back with you. Big show. Big, big show. Big week. Big show. Big show, big week. What else you got? Big deal. Big Okay, big <laughs> okay. deal. Big deal.
2: Mac. Oh, oh, oh man. I'll uh, no, no, no. take right. a big Mac. Come in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a lot going on. Welcome into the show. Excited to be with you. You can find us on Twitter at the FFBallers, Instagram.com slash fantasy footballers for the Instagram content. For the gram.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, YouTube.com slash the fantasy footballers. Subscribe over there. Click the bell. We like to go live from time to time, we've been known to go live. We've been known to do things live. That's right. That's right. Uh, we also have a big announcement. Woo! It's we're, been a while. We're back, baby. It has been a while, but uh, you have asked, and here's your answer. We are going to be back on tour this year, doing some live shows. Mini, little mini, mini tour, baby tour. Yeah, It'll just a bitty bitty baby tour. I what, don't even uh, think our manager wants us to call it a tour. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fairly sure he wants us to take the word tour away from it.
1: Yeah, but let's talk about our tour. Uh, <laughs> our tour is incredible. There's three uh, destinations. You're probably wondering where it is geographically because you're thinking, can I hit all three? And right. the answer is yes. Well, f- yeah, if, if you because there are plane tickets now readily available for all three of these cities. New
0: technology with a can-do attitude, <laughs> you can make it to all three. So if you go to ballerslive dot com, you can get information about uh, tickets. We will be live in Detroit, Michigan.
1: Yeah,
0: oh baby! All righty, we'll be live on June fifteenth. Uh, at where are we at the L Club? At the L Club. That one's for Brooksy.
2: Going yeah. back to his old stomping ground, he's going to show us. I'm going to leave him there. We're going to. He's going to show us uh, like which buildings he was beat up behind <laughs> okay i didn't know where you were gonna go i used to stay behind this dumpster a lot <laughs> see i was gonna <laughs> this is where i got my first smooch Ooh, can we go on a little we gotta get all the a little brooks tour see, yes i want to see the movie theater you worked at yeah. that's oh, probably yeah, yeah. that's probably
0: gone uh-huh. oh yeah i mean that's you yeah, know. not much left uh july 30th we will be in Terragram ballroom in los angeles california And then we'll be back here in Phoenix at Crescent Ballroom on September 3rd.
1: All right. So we got East Coast, West Coast. And yeah, we call East Coast now for Detroit because we found out it's on the eastern time zone. It's
0: very far to the east. It's so far to the east. (laughs) It's near the coast.
1: Right. Yes. Of Um, Some of those lakes. Yeah. So uh, L.A., Detroit and Phoenix, come and see us. Come hang out with us. These are fun times. BallersLive.com for tickets. Yeah, and they're available
2: now, so like you can I'm, pick up your tickets. I'm looking at a Google map here, and allegedly Detroit is further east than Atlanta. And if when you wait s- a minute, it, it, uh, and if you say Atlanta, that's
0: according to maps, <laughs> I'm,
2: according to the map that I'm looking at, it could be tilted. I, uh there might be some tilt. I feel
1: like if you look, if you print out a map of the United yeah. States of America, and if you want to make that happen. You have to just turn it all the way, like forty five degrees, until that's a true
2: statement. It's just that's that's blowing my mind here.
0: Did you feel like an east uh, an eastern man, Brooks? Yeah, pretty much. Oh my gosh, interesting. That's way- the nice thing is, is when we go to these places, we don't actually have to know where they're at. We just we buy the ticket the and then we fly, know. and the yeah. pilots know where to go. Um, so we'll be there. I mean, we will find our way there if you buy tickets. Yes. We'll show up. Um, and then I was, I was out back, I was rustling in the bushes, and I found something funny. Welcome to Dynasty
2: Week. It's quite, quite the yeah. jam, Mike. Damn, it's because it's Dynasty Week. You didn't know it was going to be Dynasty Week. But It is. It's and, here. And Mike uh, was actually in the bushes with his guitar. Yes. <laughs> just ripping it. That's that's where I do my best shredding.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh Jason, you seemed like you were going to speak. I was
1: just uh, I knew that this was Dynasty Week, but I was not hyped the
0: way that I am post shredding. So <laughs> now I'm like all in, let's go. So this week, a couple of shows, lots of Dynasty content including a rookie mock draft. On the show today, I don't think we've done a rookie mock before, or a surprise Dynasty week before, so that'll be fun. We'll do some Dynasty mailbag. Brooksy, what are we doing Thursday?
2: Thursday, we're introducing a new segment
0: called "Where's the Line." Okay. And we're gonna—it's we've been known to cross a few lines. It's basically uh, dangerous. Kind of comparing uh, trading rookie picks with players. Okay. we're, We're asked that a lot. What can I get for this pick? And uh, yes, yeah, so. and some rookie sleepers. It looks like yeah, and then a dynasty. Quick question, right now. Let's do. Brooks it. wants to know a simple tip for somebody who's brand new to a dynasty league. So mm-hmm. if you're completely unfamiliar, a dynasty league, you've got one big dynasty startup draft. You're drafting all the major players. They stay on your rosters, and then every year following, you have rookie drafts for the new uh, class of players. But you don't ever redraft. Mm -hmm. all the veterans so uh jason what's a tip you would share to somebody who's brand new to a dynasty league because they're becoming more popular oh yeah and uh what do you think
1: yeah i mean usually when i'm asked this question i say in startup drafts you know focus more on wide receivers maybe the quarterbacks over the running backs who die off quick but i wanted to go a little deeper and talk just the importance (laughs) of contracts when you are in a dynasty league so much focus is on age, and rightfully so. You know how many years of prime football does this player have left? But a lot of the focus is just on who's getting paid and whose contract is up and who is easy to cut next year. So, like when I basically my tip for you is, if you're going to go make a transaction, pick someone up off of waivers, or probably more often, you're you're wanting to make a trade and you're looking at a uh, at a trade partner. Go look at just spotrack, you know, dot com it will show every single player's contract when they are able to be cut realistically. Um and you know, that I use that every single time. Like I, I can't remember unless I already know the contract situation. Well,
0: I, here's a good example. Uh Devin Singletary in a contract year. Josh Jacobs, no fifth year option picked up. Deontay Johnson in a mm-hmm. contract year. So that may define how you value not just those players themselves, but the rookies or the depth pieces behind them in lineups Mm -hmm. that have an opportunity, you know, maybe you trade for them now because you know, these guys are going to be out the door potentially. Yep. Mike, what's your tip for the the listeners in Dynasty
2: League? So because it's the Dynasty League and your roster is your roster and it's turning it around feels like, oh man, my, my team last year was terrible. I've we i took home one victory and it looks like I'm years and years away from actually rebuilding this thing with trades and rookies and the truth is that you may be closer than you actually realize like a a team can turn things around in one off season you just you get a couple hits in your rookie draft all of a sudden your starting lineup looks much stronger uh you you get some luck when it comes to health and your team is in it and it's it's just it definitely make, happen make, the, quick. make the tournament, make it into the playoffs. It seating does not matter when it comes to the fantasy football playoffs. We all love to have the bye week, but this isn't like real life for professional sports where it matters. I need to be at home and no, just make it to the tournament and you can do that and turn things around faster than you realize with just a couple hits and one, making one really, sm- uh, one real smart trade. And it, so don't look just doom and gloom at your roster.
1: Yeah, Mike and I were looking at this. In our main Dynasty League, this version of of our main Dynasty League, we're on year seven, seven or, so. or so. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we've got you know six in the books. And we were looking at our two rosters and combine. you know, 30, so 60 players combined on our two teams. I, I have Allen Robinson left from my original draft. That's
0: it. Right. Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, so it's like the turnover. You think, oh, I'm going to have them for a decade. It's like we're. We're going in year seven, and there's, you know, the rosters just change over.
0: It actually brings to mind the fact that I think a lot of people, when they get into a dynasty league, like you think of it in very, like, your only time to rebuild is your rookie draft, and that's it. And if you mess that up, you make the wrong picks. There's really, like, multiple layers of mm-hmm. rebuilding that happens over the course of the year, not just with trades, but with things like immediately following the rookie draft, we have an open free agency period during the regular season or leading into the season. I got Cordero Patterson off of waivers right before the season began last year. He's given me now two years worth of value in that league, and then during the year, maybe you spend up some fab, you end up picking up a handful of guys during the year. That's seven, eight, nine players that are different from the team and the year before. So uh, my tip was going to basically be for some players in your league... Picks are going to just be disproportionately more valuable than real players. They got the fever. For the Dynasty League, yes. right? And the pick fever. And the truth is, is like it doesn't matter where those picks are. There's a chance that they miss. So known commodities in exchange for picks, it's been something I've lived on for a many a year, and and it's very valuable. We call this the Brooks rule. Yeah. Uh, B-
1: Brooks, you've been in or near the championship almost every single year you've been in this league. I mean... You don't have any yet because you've run up against me Man, and that Andy. I was, was like, yeah. you're great, you're bad. <laughs> right. But what would you say Brooks over the last like 4 years how many, how many rookie draft picks have you had? Like one? Maybe a couple. Yeah, you you go into oh, I, every rookie draft with just you trade them for real players and your your team is always loaded.
0: Yeah, I do I do the same thing. So for Brooks and I've competed at the, the same division for all 7 years. I don't think we've had any almost any first round picks during that run so it's not to say give them away it's to say somebody in your league's going to be hungry we've mm-hmm. had some uh, managers in our leagues that are just it almost becomes a game for them to pick up as many first rounders as they possibly can where look that's fun when the rookie draft it's alluring but if you're pushing for a title if you're competitive and you can get you know think about this year Pick four in the rookie draft. You know, who is that going to be? Maybe it's a, let's call it Drake London. Let's say he goes four or, or Jameson Williams. You know, you go pick up a known commodity for that exact same pick. You've already cashed in. You've already got the payoff of that draft pick. So that would be my tip as we head into, uh, into a new year and many dynasty startup drafts. Um, Dynasty is a blast. It's it's, it's a really really fun. fun time. Yep. And the nice thing is
1: you can add several of these leagues to your redraft portfolio and it doesn't feel overwhelming in season because there's not as many, you know, it's a, that waiver day is not crazy. There's a guy That's or true. two that you might look at. So I I don't get overwhelmed by having extra dynasty leagues.
0: No, and and they're they're great for what they are in the off season because you you have a roster, you care about every bit of news because it impacts somebody on the team or uh, in the league. So there's a lot of action in the off season that that makes them fun.
1: News and notes from around
0: the league. All right. Jarvis Landry not expected to re-sign with the Browns. Yep. He is 29.5 years old. Have we.
1: Why hasn't Will Fuller signed there yet? <laughs> like, isn't
0: that the expectation for all human beings? Uh, For fantasy football players, yeah. Yeah, it
1: just seems like a a given, but what are they waiting for?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, maybe to find out if they have their quarterback for more weeks of the year. I don't know. He's probably hurt himself a couple other times we haven't heard about. Mm, good point. But Jarvis Landry specifically, you know, there's been some rumors about him going to Baltimore. That makes a ton of sense. They just lost Hollywood Brown. But. From a fantasy perspective, is there a good spot for Jarvis Landry to go and make an impact? Uh, That's not a
1: bad spot. Um, I've also seen rumors for the Saints that he, you know, him and Michael Thomas, you add in Chris Olave, and all of a sudden you go from what looked like a, you know, one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the league to something decent for Jameis. I don't know that that would be great for Jarvis, but that would be great for Jameis.
0: I have an interesting dynasty-related question for Jar- with Jarvis Landry's situation. Would you rather have Jamison Crowder, mm. who is walking into a 100-plus target vacuum from uh, Cole Beasley in B- Buffalo, or Jarvis Landry in the free agent mist? Crowder, easily. Yeah? Do you feel that <laughs> way too?
1: I, I lean that way because both are very similar in the sense that they seem like assets at the end of their line and one of them already has a good spot but, Jar- but Jarvis is, is just such a better player like I, I think Jarvis is a better wide receiver than Jamison Crowder by a decent amount
0: did you see who picked up Jamison Crowder in our dynasty league
1: um I can guess based on
2: a tone of <laughs> yeah. a voice yeah. yeah because I dropped him
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I'm I I'm excited for the prospect of some targets there spot start here there another report take it for what you will ESPN Falcons reporter uh, Michael Rothstein believes Atlanta could use Cordero more at wide receiver this season. Let's hope that's when he was amazingly valuable. Yeah, it it
2: makes sense. It will be nice for fantasy football because he is a running back, and if you get a running back out there, you know, running actual wide receiver routes, that is a boost. And it will be interesting to see how the other running backs shake up with the with the depth chart of like I love Tyler Algier out of BYU. But we have to be realistic that he was a fifth-round rookie selection, and there's a, uh, the running back position is devalued to these NFL teams. Get that. But there's a reason why players drop down there. And Damian Williams wasn't great the last time we saw him with the Bears, but he is a name to pay attention to over this offseason to see how news is shaking up because he could be walking into a, a bunch of touches if they need Patterson
0: to play more wide receiver. I mean, the Falcons have proven, Kyle, that they're willing to play subpar talent at running back over the course of an entire season regardless. So if Damian Williams could, even if he's not good, I mean, Mike Davis played a lot of running back last year. Patterson, you remember, the reason he was valuable at the beginning of the year was the target total, six, seven, six, nine, five. At the end of the year when he struggled, two, two, two. So you need him... To catch the football, either lined up as a wide receiver or out of the backfield, to really get any s- sort of difference making value uh, from Patterson in that offense. So Cordero, Pitts, Drake London, all there exactly. for Marcus Mario to figure yep. out what to do with them. Uh, any other news, Brooksy?
2: No, sir.
1: Time to mock. The Fantasy Footballers
0: Mock Draft. Oh, we already have a draft order determined. So we're going to rotate through. We're just going to go a couple rounds, right? A little rookie mock draft. Little, yeah, a two-rounder. Well, two-round mock draft. Mike, you get the number one overall pick. Excellent. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to draft,
2: draft Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall, running back. Uh, he was selected by the New York Jets in the second round. His production profile is off the charts. He's big. He's strong. He's extremely fast, as we saw at the Combine. The question for him will be, how much work does uh, uh, Michael Carter get? And Michael Carter could be obnoxious to the fantasy value of Brees Hall, but I believe that sooner than later, Brees Hall. Is, it, it look every almost every team has a timeshare with a running back. Brees Hall will be the leader of the timeshare, and he's just he's dynamic in all parts of football, especially with pass catching. So I I think that he is going to quickly be an RB1 that people want on their team?
0: Well, it looks like I have the 102. And I will go with my number two ranked rookie. Do you have Brees at number one? I do have Brees okay. at number one. I have Garrett Wilson of the exact same New York Jets at number two. Uh, this would be a position where, look, if you're in a real rookie draft and you didn't feel like the rest of the league had that type of – like if you thought he could drop a spot or two, which uh, you have him at – four Mike, Jason has him at five. Yeah. If I knew that, I might try to get a little draft capital, move back a spot or two if I really had him at number two. So I think Wilson's NFL ready. I think he has a quarterback that's going to make take a leap forward uh with some improved offensive line play. And I think the opportunity is there for Garrett Wilson. I think, you know, you look at the other options here. Obviously if you needed a running back you could go Kenneth Walker. Uh Jameson Williams is not going to be ready out of the gate and so Drake Lennon with Marcus Mariota. I mean, you can take your shot there, too, long-term, if you believe. But I think Garrett Wilson, he's my number one rookie coming into the NFL at wide receiver. And he's my number one rookie wide receiver. I think the landing spot's actually pretty darn good in New York. And I think they're going to let... they're going to let Zach Wilson throw it to Garrett Wilson quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I like Garrett Wilson, the prospect. I don't like his landing spot as much as some of the other players, which is why he's down at five for me. I would much rather compete for targets with Auden Tate um, rather than Elijah <laughs> what about Moore Zacchaeus? or the wee little lad. Um, <laughs> uh, so I will take Drake London. He's my yeah. number two prospect. Uh, Mike, I believe he's your number two is. Uh, right now as well. Um, Marcus Mariota isn't the best, but he's capable enough. And because of the, it's basically Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I think he gets 115, 120 targets rookie year can get near a thousand yards and the touchdowns will probably be, you know, four or five. I don't expect a massive breakout season for Drake London, but I do like him and I think his situation is better than than Wilson's.
0: By the way, if you want to see all of our competing rookie rankings in the UDK, you can go and check that out, ultimatedraftkit.com, and there's even more rookie breakdowns in the Dynasty Pass. But, Mike, you are back on the clock. Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, the first three picks in this rookie mock. Sure. So, for me,
2: when Brees Hall and Drake London come off the board, this is where things get interesting of the supply for – True impact players at the running back position. It is it's Kenneth Walker. Uh, James Cook is my running back three, but like I wouldn't I won't be taking him anywhere near the top of uh, of your first round because he'll be a pass catcher and and not utilized like Brees or or Walker. And there are the tier of these wide receivers is so interesting. There's so many first rounders left that I want to highlight, Andy, what you were saying. Your point of take have your guy in mind that you really want here and this may be a perfection uh, like a perfect year to move back one or two spots if you're cool with all these guys in this tier and just pick up maybe maybe a second next year to move from the 103 to the 105 like those things can absolutely happen and i think that that's a pretty sharp move to go with uh i am going to i had the 104 in our dynasty league I really wanted to shore up my running back room and so I'll just I'll go with that consistency of I took Kenneth Walker here at the 104 in the in our dynasty league I will take him also in the mock draft knowing that if you don't take Walker here you aren't getting a running back of any notes really that could be an RB1 at any time in the future.
0: Well, Walker's another one of those players where if you go back to Jason's tip in the quick question, be aware of the situation. They re-signed Rashad Penny to a one-year deal this season, uh, and and beyond that, this could be Kenneth Walker's backfield. Chris Carson, still dealing with the injury. Chris Carson
2: may not physically be able to play football again. He's clearly a, one of those uh, cut candidates during the off season, which is unfortunate, but Kenneth Walker is.
0: Just think Ready about think about the logic here of the outcomes that can happen in Seattle. Rashad Penny dominates. Right. Then he gets paid too much money for them to afford to bring him back with Walker. Rashad Penny doesn't dominate. Kenneth Walker has a great first-year impact because of that fact, right? Aren't those the only two real outcomes? Yeah, I mean, in either situation, you're talking about
1: year two, Kenneth Walker really having the lion's share now you hope that the offense can improve that Mm -hmm. maybe they can upgrade over drew lock and you hope that they throw it to walker walker can catch the ball i know he didn't in college but he's a good pass catcher whether or
2: not he's utilized that way tbd well did you hear uh old peach cobbler head Mm -hmm. coach of the seattle seahawks he did say if drew lock were in this draft he would have been the first quarterback taken off the board that's probably true. He did, that he did say that. GMs
0: make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> That's probably true.
2: Uh, I don't know. I think Pickett would. I would. Done. I
0: think that would have taken. I would have taken Drew Locke over Kenny Pickett. I would not. No, I, don't I wouldn't. Think no, I would've no would've you would not. All right. I will leave you in suspense here. I have the fifth pick in our rookie mock draft: Hall, Wilson, London, Walker. But let's take a quick break. Okay, Hall Wilson, London Walker, pick 5 in our two round rookie mock draft. This one is uh it's pretty easy for me on my board and in fact on your board too. Uh Jameson Williams is the pick, wide receiver for Detroit, 62189. Uh recovering from the torn ACL, uh, a player that really moved up both the NFL and in 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 dynasty rookie mocks before the draft Detroit moved up to get him they have the opportunity moved up a lot. Yeah, they have the opportunity to really give him a big part of this offense. And so it will take a little bit more time than some of these other players. Potentially even into another quarterback to really have the kind of confidence that you want, but I I like Jamison Williams a lot, so I'll go with him at 105.
1: So I'm I'm up at the sixth spot and this is the player that if I if you if you have the 6th pick, this is the guy I'm always hoping drops. To me, uh, here he's my uh second wide receiver off the board, Traylon Burks. I think when you're 225 pounds, you are replacing, uh, you know, AJ Green. You're not just going AJ Brown. You're not just going to a situation where you're added in addition to. But now there is a hole that needs to be filled. I really like Traylon Burks. I like the film. I like the early declare. I like the production. Um, and I think that. He's just so necessary for this team. This is a team that was a number one seed, and he's either going to be good
0: or bad, and they just desperately need him to be good. They've got a great head coach. Uh, I See, I take issue with the contention that there's a black or white, good or bad. I think my only thing that I don't like about Traylon Burks is that I think he could be right in between those. He's exceptionally necessary for the offense, but I don't know that he's going to be anything close to what A.J. Brown will be at the NFL level, so I think he could be... Like that was my problem with him before the draft was ceiling. It was how high and how good can this player be with that makeup. Um and so I think you could get okay with Burks. Yeah, Traylon Burks is pretty polarizing in terms of what do people
2: think the outcomes are for him. I'm more on Jason's side that had I not taken Kenneth Walker at the one oh four, I would have taken Burks there because I with the immediate opportunity and my belief in him as a player, it would have been an easy pick for me. And this tier of Jamison Williams, Burks, and Chris Olave, thats it's just who do you prefer? So at 107, this is kind of a de facto pick of I'm taking Chris Olave, who went to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, when you do all the, the calculations of what they actually traded for him, it is a lot. Uh, but great wide receiver, solid production, early breakout age. Was playing along, like getting production alongside another uh, NFL player, Garrett Wilson, who was just drafted. They traded seventeen picks to get him. Yes, this is is what I'm talking about. So that's that's a pretty easy
1: pick. I feel like the two easiest picks in the draft are the 101 and the 107. Like that, it's so often Brees Hall and so often Chris Olave. He's like whoever is left. Yeah,
0: Hall, Wilson, London, Walker, Williams, Burks, Olave. I'm back on the clock, and I'm the lucky one. That gets to jump into the next tier. No, that was a sarcasm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. But, you know, at this point in the draft, I'm pretty much looking at three guys. Uh, I'm looking at Christian Watson in Green Bay, Sky Moore in Kansas City. So you have both situations where you have great quarterbacks, um, two very different types of players, uh, big size difference between Christian Watson and Sky Moore. And then I am glancing in Trey McBride's direction at this Ooh. point. If I'm a dynasty team that has a need at tight end, but maybe, you know, I, I'd consider him at this pick, but I'll go Watson. Watson is who I have next up on my board. Uh 6'5 going to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers just signed another three year extension. And so I'm going to look to I'm going to look at Watson's athleticism as a chance to break out in year one. Earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers, and really when you look at the rest of the options in the offense, you don't see somebody that can do what Christian Watson, what his ceiling represents in that offense. You've got an aging Randall Cobb. You have a big-bodied red zone threat in Alan Lazard. Uh, You have the corpse... The remains of the Lizard King. Of the Lizard King, but I think Watson offers a lot of upside, and so he has... Uh, at eight on my board, and it's pick eight. So that's yeah. Taken.
1: I knew this was going to work out pretty well for both Andy and I because we, Sky Moore and Christian Watson. You just make so many similar arguments for them. I have Sky Moore one spot ahead of Christian Watson, but I go back and forth all the time. Um, it's a it's a more crowded room, but it's a better dynasty quarterback to be tied to so i'll take sky Moore. he fell a little bit in the draft but sometimes those guys that fall like aj brown when he fell you just end up going to a good team a good situation and that's where sky i i'm drafting patrick mahomes and andy Reid here that's what i'm drafting at the 109
2: yep i i don't blame you that's that's where i would have gone with those two guys and then that makes this pick actually kind of easy for me uh because I'm not going to reach for running back, even though I, you know, it's hard to find value at the running back or starters in dynasty at the running back position. I'm not going to reach for these guys when there is a first round wide receiver still on the board. I get it. You you could have a Jalen Rager here, like that crap happens. Not every first round wide receiver hits, but percentage wise of a first round wide receiver giving you. A couple of useful years is much higher than uh than going down to the second, going down to the third, uh, with the running back position. So I'm going to take Jahan Dotson, who was drafted by Washington. He he is an absolute burner. Terry McLaurin, you mentioned contracts, Jason. Maybe Terry is re-signed this year. Maybe he is not. And if he is not, Jahan Dotson is the replacement, and hopefully is the Washington's believing that he will be the wide receiver one for this team. His situation, not necessarily great with uh, Carson Wentz, but you don't always draft these players just for their situation. Sometimes you got to look at the draft capital and look at the talent of the actual player.
0: Commanders, three starting wide receivers, McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel, are all six foot or under. Terry McLaurin's the st- only team in the NFL with that. Is Terry
2: only six feet? Yeah, he's <sighs> six foot. He plays like a... 65 six, Yeah, at least six, one.
0: <laughs> uh well, why kick the tires with Trey McBride at 108 when you can get him at 111? Oh, 111. So, think... it would have been between McBride and Pickens here, but again, you're getting Interesting. you're getting the very best at the position in the rookie class, a an established proven pass catcher at the position and in an offense that, you know, looks to be tied, maybe it takes a couple years cuz hello, tight end, but you're tied to a young quarterback and in offense that has really seen production Max Williams, Zach Ertz at the tight end position, McBride is going to potentially make a very early impact before Max Williams gets back but then should be a mainstay at the NFL level for many years to come.
2: It's interesting with Trey McBride because the three of us are all I think higher on him than the actual consensus of of dynasty players out there like in our the our Ballers Dynasty league I got Trey McBride near the back of the second round. So we it, it's this isn't normal to see Trey McBride necessarily at the back of the first round. I don't disagree with the pick. It's it's always tough drafting the tight end knowing that there's they're more than likely going to sit on your bench for a couple years and you have to wait for them to you know work their way into the offense, but great player. Almost a perfect situation as Zach Ertz will be Aged out of that contract. Any minute. Like halfway through this season. Uh, And then McBride will be a true weapon for Kyler Murray. All right, so
1: I am up here, and uh, George Pickens is my next best wide receiver. That's my favorite wide receiver, but I'm actually going to... You're not going to pick him? I'm not going to pick him yet. Um, I do like his destination. I think it's another good pick, but here to finish the first round... I am going to take a running back. I don't think it's a reach at this point. Agreed. Um, but I like James Cook. I think that uh the fact that, you know, this running back room, uh, Devin Singletary could not be around. This team really tried to make a point. You know, you, you, you worry, okay, he's a pass catching running back, and they don't throw the to the running back that much in Buffalo. Well, it looks like that's something that they didn't like. They went out and tried to find a pass-catching right. running back and then drafted one. I think that is a point of emphasis, and I think he's a good running back. So you've got a really good draft capital, round two pick, uh, mixed with a great offense and a future where maybe he takes over. So I'm I'm going to take James Cook here.
2: Uh, Yeah, so George Pickens. I, Fellas, this mock draft is going fantastic for me over here, not having to overthink things. Uh, another second-round wide receiver for Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson's contract situation—we mentioned it. I think he'll be back, but in the NFL, you just you never know. And Chase Claypool was not what we had hoped he would be coming off of his rookie year. Perhaps Claypool elevates himself uh, and gets back on track. But George Pickens is a very solid player and gives Pittsburgh the opportunity. Should they should Deontay command more money than they want to pay him? Just move forward with George Pickens and Chase Claypool uh Chase Claypool, little voice crack is there. Uh but he's at the beginning of the second round, I think that's a very solid pick.
0: I, I think perhaps your draft is going so well for you because you get to pick every third pick. And if your rookie draft's out there, mm. if you have every Third pick, you are going to be very happy with. I just mean from a, a brain power. No. Parts. No. That's good. Congratulations on George Pickens. Thank you. Uh second pick of the second round. I'm back on the clock. That is yes, correct. Sir. Decisions, decisions. And uh, it, you know, you get to this point and you're thinking about team need more than maybe just total talent the way that you would have thought in the first round?
2: In the rookie drafts I have been a participant in this is when the true running back thirst reveals itself and some of these guys start getting picked over it, the wide receivers who are the left. It
1: is interesting the difference between a mock draft you know, where you don't thirsty. have a team and a real right, draft. Right, right. Yeah. A real draft where I'm coming in and I've got needs. Here we're we're talking best player
0: available. Which makes this pick all the more difficult when you start to think about <laughs> There's that. There's one player I'm really hoping you don't take. Um I'm going to take John Mechie third. Nice. I'm going to take the wide receiver okay. out of Houston. Uh, I like I, it. I think he is a guaranteed producer at the NFL level. To what degree, to what ceiling, I don't know. But I think he's going – you talk about opportunity. You're going to come in, in in year one, have a huge opportunity. I actually have confidence in Davis Mills. So I think Mechie may have a huge first-year impact um, and at least produce for your fantasy team, which, look, a lot of these names, you talk about the running back thirst you're grasping. Yes. You're grasping at hopes of production. So you start to look at what do you have in the bag? Mechie, to me, has a starting spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, they traded up for him. His role is absolutely secure. I don't know the timeline from his ACL, whether or not he will be completely ready to go week one. Uh, but I, I don't I don't mind uh, the pick, and I've moved up a little bit on Mechie over the last little bit. But this is where we we turn from prospects that seem like more sure things are really obvious avenues mixed with talent. And so that's always whenever I'm in one of these drafts where I go, you know what? I'm just going to take this the first-round quarterback. I'm going to take the guy that I know. Kenny Pickett is getting years of play. Yes. He's going to have fantasy value for years. Uh, obviously, if this was a, a two-quarterback mock, he would be uh, up in the first. But Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, he's a guaranteed player for three years in the NFL uh, even if he sucks. So you'll you'll be able to stream him on certain matchups
2: and I'll always take the sure thing here. Yeah, I would have taken him had you not Jason. Uh and the yeah we are the the tiers are very interesting here. Um when you're looking at draft capital versus your priors of what you thought of like Wandale Robinson who went to the Giants in the second round. That was a I would say kind of a universally we were all pretty surprised that the Giants went with that uh and then you have like David Bell went around later but he went to a what could be a very good situation and David Bell would be my pick here. Mm, uh, I'm disappointed. That would have <laughs> been my pick next. All right, well there you go. That, that. Uh, and in the reason's being look, the draft capital is still solid a day 2 pick and looking at that looking at the team you have Deshaun Watson who on the field is a very good quarterback has provided fan, fantasy value for these guys and look at look at the roster. You know, Donovan Peoples Jones is I mean he has a skill set but is he long for that team? I don't know. Amari Cooper who the name Amari Cooper still carries a lot of weight. His contract still carries a lot of weight. The, but the trade compensation didn't carry a lot of weight. It did that's where I, what I wanted to point out is they really didn't have to give up a lot to get him. And last year like Amari Cooper's production went way down in a situation where Amari Cooper should have been thriving with uh with the injuries that that team had to deal with. So it's very possible that David Bell can move up this depth chart and be the one or the two on this offense sooner than later.
0: All right, I am at 205, and I will take a running back here, uh, and I will go with the draft capital of Rashad White in yes. Tampa Bay. Uh, both him and Isaiah Spiller in Los Angeles are going to have to wait a little while to reveal whether they have staying power at the NFL level, but if you're hunting for a, a running back, Rashad White, you know, third-round draft pick, Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette, how long is he there, I don't know. So we'll take the shot.
1: And a good a good pass catcher. You know, Gio's gone, right? So
2: if
0: Was he ever there? Gio's <laughs> that's fair. Gio's I think, still on the I roster. I think he's there, oh, yeah. is he really?
2: Yeah, so and Keisha Vaughn is still <laughs> on the roster, but I think that uh it, those guys left he's a lot He's in the
0: Andy as a Bella mode at this uh, at this point in time. They scoring. left
2: a lot to be desired and Rashad is a electric pass catching running back.
1: All right, I am going to take another wide receiver here, someone that I've been rising on lately because athleticism draft capital and opportunity it, it all kind of comes together here um and i i think it's i think matt ryan's gonna find alec pierce down the field uh quite a I, bit yeah i don't mind that so bit. you know he's six-three, two hundred eight, 208 fast great burst uh just a real athlete and there's i mean there's a gaping hole uh, yes. anywhere but
0: Pittman. yeah yes
1: I mean, you're talking Doyle is gone, T.Y. Hilton probably not coming back, Pascal gone. Like, they need him, um, and I, I think he's going to be better than the current rankings indicate. Yeah, I Either like that.
0: Either that or Ashton Doolin is going to have a great year. Sure. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah, right.
0: Did you hear that sentence? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, which that, one's more likely? I mean, that that's the reality in Indianapolis. You need more pass catchers. So, Mike, you're back up on the clock. You have uh, two left in the second round. So, who do you have your... You're you're so silent over there. Contemplative.
2: Yeah, uh, we called... And this is the point of the draft where uh, this is the Kadarius Tony pick that some of you made last year, which... Like, once Tony finally got on the field... You heard that. He selected Kadarius Tony. uh, once, Once Tony, which was a much maligned draft pick. We... No one wanted to draft Kadarius Tony. I didn't want to draft him last year. I finally just sucked it up and drafted drafted him in the back of the second in our league. I immediately flipped him for some pieces that my team needed. But once Tony was on the field, the Giants looked like they knew what they were doing and that he looked like he belonged on the field. I'm going to trust the process again with Wandale Robinson here with an like a early an early second round pick. And the, he doesn't have the ceiling of, you know, these, these other first round wide receivers, but not every wide receiver is a, there can only be 12. There can only be 12 wide receiver ones people. So you got to fill out the roster and Robinson, Robinson's production profile is fantastic. The last couple of years. And I think that he's shifty enough to get it done. Great breakout age.
0: So I will, I will take the shot in the back of the second. One of the most difficult things this past offseason was watching Isaiah Spiller's draft capital uh, or his potential draft capital disintegrate with the lack of, you know, he couldn't go and run the 40, uh, but his production in at the collegiate level was great. And I, I think the one thing that you know, and I'm sitting here at 208, I'll take Spiller. The one thing that you know is that he will have an opportunity this season Mm -hmm. to show what he has. And so I'm going to trust the film and what he did at the collegiate level because Austin Eckler will get hurt. He will miss a game or two. He will come off the field. I mean, how often did we see other backs in Los Angeles last year? And kind of you'd either be mad because Eckler wasn't out there on the field or they'd waste a drive or waste a down on some of their backups. So I think Isaiah Spiller will have opportunities to show what he's made of and so you're getting into um yeah, what was it? it was Justin Jackson for a little while. Round I mean, tree. Yeah, round tree. It it's it wasn't good. So I I, like I think S- Spiller will have a shot.
1: Yeah, I, I like Spiller's future with this. Oh, yeah, Josh Joshua Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it does uh, it does scare you a little bit of I mean, whenever you've got these running backs that fall to day three, it's usually not gonna work out, but that's why we're at the back of the second round. I'm going to take a running back who went on day two and he's 220 pounds and ran a four, four, eight. And I'm doing this because it's not my actual roster. And I don't have to personally deal with Kyle Shanahanigans. But
2: oh, yes, really but
1: Tyrion Davis price okay. is a fast big back that the 49ers drafted, uh, in the third round. And man, does that suck? I wish they didn't <laughs> do it. Uh, I want Elijah Moore to have it to himself, and I don't want to play the Russian roulette every single week of who is it gonna be but draft capital good offense, good running game uh good athlete I will take the shot here
2: all right i'm I'm very proud of us here, fellas I think this mock draft is going very well, but like it, the other drafts i've been in all these all these running backs were gone by now. Like people were taking him in the beginning of the second. And for so for me here at the back of the second at the two ten, I'm between two players, both wide receivers, Jalen Tolbert, who was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys because looking at uh, draft capital is, is just fine for him. And looking at the the depth chart, Michael Gallup got the contract that they can they can move on from that you know, pretty quickly, and he's coming off a torn ACL. James Washington is essentially a one-year prove-it type of a, a deal. And then he's tied to Dak Prescott for the foreseeable future, and that's a really good foundation for any wide receiver to walk into. You have to compare that to Tyquan Thornton, by the who was drafted by the New England Patriots, another shocking second-round draft pick out of Baylor. 4 8 But this guy is tall. He's not he's not a, he's not one of the thick boys. Oh, he is a but he is a 6'3, 180. He's a, he's a toothpick. He is yeah, he's very thin, but he is so tall and so fast. And he will be tied to Mac Jones and Bill Belichick for the foreseeable future. I would take the sh- I would take the shot on the ceiling here, so I would take Thornton who went to the Patriots and just cross my fingers and hope that the curse of the Patriot wide receiver drafts has come to an end. I'm sure this is yeah, the this, one. I know this is definitely got to be it. This is the, this is the one.
0: <laughs> in that case, I'll take the other guy. I'll take uh, Jalen Tolbert yeah. in Dallas. I was hoping you'd leave Thornton to me, and then I would say all the things that you just said and the potential, and you're just trying to uh, cash in on, on Mac Jones' development and Tyquan Thornton being used in, as what Nelson Aguilar wasn't and, right. and getting down the field, but um like you said there's an opportunity in dallas for somebody to contribute right away as well
1: yeah and i'm going to finish this draft with the final running back who was selected on day two Mm. Uh, i
2: have principles so i can't
1: i can't uh, draft dude i i get it i mean all of us gibson (laughs) lovers hate that brian robinson jr was uh drafted to the washington manders but uh he was yeah and he he, you know he, he profiles as a back that can get use be used around the goal line have some value in fantasy um it's a crowded backfield there but again it probably won't be in another year
0: are we done did we, we do did. It? we did it uh brooksy can we get this rookie mock into an article somewhere kyle you want to do that i'll oh, take care of that oh one? yeah <laughs> very was nice that, was that the sound clip of brooks saying <laughs> it or is that <laughs> actually brooks saying it that was me okay um, all right. That's going to do it for today's show. We're going to be doing uh, a brand new segment on Thursday to continue Dynasty Week. So we will uh, examine some Dynasty trades involving rookie picks, how we would break them down. Uh, we'll answer some Dynasty mailbags. So if you have questions for us, you want us to review trades that you've done, you can send those in as well. Um, anything else we need to cover here, Brooksy? just a reminder
1: ballerslive.com we want to see you if you are anywhere near Detroit or LA or Phoenix please come out yeah. see the shows go to ballerslive.com right now because the tickets will i mean they're
2: they're probably going to sell out but yeah limited quantities available so if you're available and you want to go make sure you grab your ticket and i just wanted to you know just look back at this first round here it was interesting because Look, we're we are redraft people. That's what our show was focused on. We play a lot of dynasty. We play keeper, uh, but in season, you know, we're not diving in on these rookies. So we have people outside of uh, of this show that I like. I trust their opinions, and and it was people so down, so down on this draft class, and the first round I think is like spectacular. It looks like there are so many players in that first round that can become true starters uh for your dynasty squad i get it it's not jam-packed at the running back position but it's crazy to go through that whole first round and still be like excited i'm like i'm excited about each and every player that we drafted in that first round the actual nfl draft filled out really well yes it went really well the
1: pick of wandale robinson actually allowed a lot of things like sky Moore dropping to the Mm -hmm. chiefs and Um. yeah, at the end, you have Trelon Burks with more value than you thought, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, these guys that have more value than you thought going into the draft.
0: Do you think you'll see a a potential at the end of the year for some dynasty redemption for the wide receiver position overall? If you have some real game breakers in this first round? I mean, obviously it's wide receiver dominant. Right. But but you saw Brees sitting at the top. Do you think that there could be a – change of power at the top of these drafts you like a wide receiver where you go oh
2: I should have taken that guy yeah well, first? Well,
0: well I just think that we had years where people were getting burned by the likes of Corey Davis or the likes of right of, of some of Nikhil Harry some of the top tier like oh I've got to take a wide receiver so we stopped doing it obviously Brees took the is taking home half of rookie drafts one one pick
1: I really think that the, the dynasty community now—it's—it's it's year by year basis. I think it's based on the talent. If next year's talent has, you know, a, a dominant wide receiver or a dominant running back, the tiebreaker will probably go to whatever happens this year. So
0: you had uh, draft capital wise, how many wide receivers before Brees went in the NFL draft? Uh,
2: six, I believe. Six or seven. Seven with Christian Seven. Watson. Oh, Watson Christian went Watson, ahead of him. Because okay.
0: he got traded up for. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Hopefully you enjoyed the Rookie Mock Draft. Leave your comments. Let us know how dumb we are. We always do. Uh, otherwise, we'll catch you on Thursday. Take Thank care.
2: you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.